The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No! He didn't! Yes! He did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. All right, welcome back. Carmichael Dave. Chris Rulon. No Jason Ross. He is uh, vacationing. Talked to him last night. He's with the family in Southern California. Says hi. Hi. He'll be back mm, Tuesday. That's right. We're uh, all on a holiday Monday. Chris reminded me this morning. Uh, and uh, I will be gone next week. So uh, we're doing our, our usual all-star getaways. Uh, later on in the program, Brendan Nunes at 8 will join us. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of help. He'll help us recap a, a lot of the first half. Uh, Greg Papa. Sadly, I hate I hate this interview. Not not of course I don't hate Greg Papa. I hate this particular one. This is our goodbye to Greg for the year. Uh, we'll do that at nine. Niners at nine, and uh, sadly not recapping a championship. So Greg at nine, Monty McNair at nine thirty, and uh, you know I'm you guys know I I'm obsessed with play by play. In fact, in our last segment we were talking about. Uh, uh, Vern Lundquist and uh, this being his last Masters and, and going through what makes a good analyst, what makes a good play-by-play voice. Of course, people's opinions differ. Greg Papa is considered one of the best play-by-play voices in the land. And how convenient is it? Uh, a, uh, a a guest, a surprise guest, if you will, somebody uh, I was texting with uh, late last night. He is a busy, busy man. Uh, also, uh, one of the voices of your Sacramento Kings, and and I think one of the best play-by-play voices we've got going right now, our friend Mark Jones joins us. Good morning, brother. How are you? Hey, Dave. What's going on, man? Just uh, enjoying the, the decompression time, man, and, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to um, taking a little inventory over the next couple of days and moving forward down the stretch stretch run for the season, you know? Everybody thinks that All-Star break is halfway when, in truth, it's more like two-thirds. Right. So there's not really that much of the race left. But uh, this, is the, this is where it gets a lot of fun, you know. Now, are, do you actually get some time off between now and the resumption of the season? Or are you doing some you know, major play-by-play things somewhere, somehow? You know, I, I, this, is a, this is a rare year for one of the first times in my, you know, uh, 33 years and, and 20, what, 20-something years doing the NBA for ESPN, 33 years and all that, I've actually had an All-Star weekend um, off uh, for only like the second time. So uh, just getting a chance to spend a little time with uh, my daughter and uh, my wife. And uh, my daughter's season is uh, coming down the stretch run, too, at San Jose State. And um, uh, so, yeah, this is this is exhale time, just for a little bit. You never really exhale, right? Because right. You know, like even even after <laughs> even after my Wednesday night game uh, in Cleveland, I had Cleveland in Chicago uh, for ESPN, and uh, early the next morning, uh, you know, JB Bickerstaff and uh, Luke Walton and the entire coaching staff of the Cavaliers is on my flight, um, heading somewhere nice and warm to Miami uh, to detox for a few few days, and uh, even on the flight, you know, you're talking basketball, you're talking placings you're talking playoffs you're talking players so 
Yeah, it never really stops for me, man. It's it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I hope you take this as a compliment. I'm looking at our chat line right now, and uh, of course, no disrespect to our, our friend and colleague here for me at uh, at, at Sectown Sports, Kyle. Uh, but a lot of people asking, saying that, and I think they're right. They've they've heard a little bit less of you uh, this season. Is is I know you probably don't have it in front of you, but you have other responsibilities. But do you expect uh, your visits to Sacramento to pick up? Uh, in oh, the yeah, second? yeah, okay. definitely. Tell, tell Kyle and uh, Kings Nation that um, during the second half of the season, you will get an abundance of Mark Jones. I'm, I'm, uh, my schedule is pretty backloaded this year for uh, late February, March, April playoffs for when the games really count. So um, my, my um, you know, I, I'm, I'm about 100 games a year, mm. um, you know, over, you know, 70 for <laughs> – 70 for ESPN and, um, you know, a, a bunch for um, our Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, for the first three years, it was well over 50. So um, I had to scale it back a little bit uh, just to uh, take a breath and for longevity, uh, for health, uh, you know, it, uh, you got to play the long game sometimes sure. and spend a little time with my daughter who um, is in her last year. Uh, in school. So you only get one opportunity to, I can't miss another, you know, it's a senior night this year, right? Yeah. And, and th- this year, you, there are too many birthdays and big games that I've missed over the years. And this was the year that I said, you know what, this is the last dance here. So I, I got to be there for a few things and that's what it's come down to. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of Kings games in March and April. And um, you know, that's, that's when I feel I'm kind of at my best too, when the games really matter. Mark Jones with us, you know, that my audience is getting tired of me talking about it. I'm at a little bit of a different spot with you. My daughter is 16. We have, she's a junior. So we have a year and a half left of her at home. And then my first one flies the coop. My son's a freshman. So it's funny how you have different benchmarks for the growth of your children. And I think what it all comes down to Mark is it's the inevitable March of us getting older, losing uh, our time with our children. And then uh, eventually I just had this, I have this nightmare I wake up to in the middle of the night of me staring across at my wife across a TV tray eating a tuna fish sandwich at 2 in the <laughs> afternoon on a Wednesday and, hey. and not having my children around. <laughs> Man, that, 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 that's kind of like, you must have a camera in my house. That's kind of what it's like. Except we're eating a chicken Caesar salad instead right. of tuna. I'll say this, Dave. Like My wife and I are blessed with three kids, and uh, being an empty nester is overrated, man. You know, it really yeah. is overrated. And and. You know, I, I was blessed when uh, Vivek and, um, you know, Stacey Wegson and Joel Terry called in November of 2020 and uh, offered me the job with the Kings because it gave me an opportunity to be an hour and 20 down 80 and 680 from San Jose to be closer to my daughter. So that, that worked out really well. I want to ask you, you know, we'll get to the Kings here in a second. And uh, Mark's got a, Mark, Mark, Mark's interrupting a workout for us. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay. It's okay for me to lose my stinger this early. <laughs> you know, you, you, you do it at a national level. Uh, you, uh, you, you've, you know, whether it's your days in Toronto and then rising up the ranks, uh, doing play by play with us and obviously doing it at the highest of the high levels. And you know, you know this from our private talks. I, I, I think you guys are superheroes. I always say it. I, I, I think it, it adds so much at when it's at its best, play by play to the game. And also, you know, and I would never ask you to comment or uh, uh, criticize any anybody else in the business. It's a small business, but I will say this: uh, a lot was made about the Super Bowl call. 
uh, and I'll ask you just kind of generally, you know, as as the audience knows, uh, I think the best play-by-play voices understand the moment, uh, address the moment, and then let the moment breathe, uh, if you will. TV's different than radio. Nobody knows that better than you. But how do you, with so many partners, whether it's the, you know, the great Doris Burke, Katie Christensen, so many others that you've worked with, how how do you balance between wanting them to be them, but also your understanding of the broadcast and that you're the quarterback and, and, and being able to have that chemistry to let certain moments breathe and to not have your calls stepped on? Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky dance, man. Yeah. It is a really tricky dance. And a lot of it is built on uh, chemistry, uh, history, trust, timing and you know i think both people in that tricky dance have to be understanding of that moment and understand uh where you are individually in terms of uh your level of engagement and knowing that you need to step back a little bit i think the key is having enough moments prior to the big moment to know that, hey, one of those moments is on the way. It's coming. We've reached the crescendo. It's the uh, last possession of the basketball game or it's the final drive of the Super Bowl. Let's be really clean on this. And it's something that's unspoken, Dave, I think, to be honest with you. And you only get that through working together, you know. And um, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. I think you need to get in. Uh, you know, state time, situation, people on the floor, who's inbounding, who the shooters are, who you look for, what plays they like to run, knowing all that and being concise. And if you're the analyst, getting in, getting out, being clean, and then boom, when that big basket goes through or that touchdown catch is made on the final drive of the Super Bowl, you lay out and let your director cut all the pictures and let it breathe. You know, you've, I think our viewers in Sacramento have heard me enough times when Keegan Murray hits his 12th three or uh, De'Aaron Fox makes another one of those plays. And I'll say golden one center, the microphone is yours. Right. Yep. You know, that that's, that's for me. Like I got nothing to say. I can't embellish it. Right. The sound is the story. The pictures, the story, the teammates who are jumping uh, De'Aaron Fox in elation or Keegan Murray in celebration, that's the story. What am I going to say? You know, there's nothing really that an announcer can add to that moment. And I think it's always the temptation. The great temptation is to speak over it. It's natural to want to be as excited as uh, and verbalize what you're seeing, but that comes on the first replay. You know, that's always been my feel. And, um, like I said, it, it can be tricky in, in the biggest moments. You know, when I called the NBA Finals a few years ago, Golden State and, and Boston, you know, there's there's a big rally with Steph Curry hitting his fourth three in a row. And you just have to innately know that, hey, on that fourth one, lay out. Lay out. He's hotter than fish grease. Mm-hmm. Time out. You know what I mean? Yep. How much of that yeah. is How much of that is ego discipline? Uh, a lot of it, yeah. to be honest with you. Yep. A lot of it. You know, you, you have to know that the game is the thing. The game is always the thing. Right. And, um, you know, I think there are times where um, play-by-play announcers um, will make the 
icing become the cake. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yes, I do. You don't want the icing to be the whole cake. You want the icing to stay the icing, you know, just enough of a right touch. And, uh, and the analyst, I think, will have one or two quick cogent comments and then get out, if at all. Uh, the analyst, especially in football, his time is the replay. Football is built for analysis. It really is, if you think about it, right? Because, you know, a play lasts five, six seconds, and then you can get two, three replays in before the next play, you know? Uh, so football in particular is built for uh, analysis. You know, John Madden, maybe the best to ever do it, um, was an expert at that. Yes. And he was fantastic, Dave, at giving you the X's and O's in such an understandable manner, right? That was his whole appeal. And being quiet. I mean, Pat Summerall, right? You barely heard him. He was somewhat minimalist yep. during his play-by-play, -play, but every word he said counted. You don't want to be too verbose. You know, there are times where even in television, silence is good because TV is such a powerful medium, the, the, the pictures are going to speak for you. You know, you want your words to count. You want to have an efficiency of your words so that when you do say something, uh, you're actually saying something. You're not just, it's not just verbal diarrhea over the screen, you know. We were just talking about Vern Lundquist and his iconic masters called the Tiger Chip. And if you, you read the, um, you read the transcript, he literally says, uh, oh, wow. And then he follows it up with in your life. And if you read that, you're like, what, what, what is that? But when you combine it with the moment and you combine it with that Nat sound out there, it's iconic. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think about some of the big shots uh, and some of the moments that, that I've been able to, I think about uh, LeBron in the Eastern conference finals against the Raptors when he was with Cleveland and he makes this phenomenal 12 foot runner off glass over OGN and OB. And it was right at the buzzer, and my call was, Cleveland, that's yours. And then I didn't say anything for another four minutes. Yeah. You know, QB yep. did his replays, and that was the game winner. They won the series, and, you know, and it's all celebration shots. And that's where your entire production team uh, has to be in sync. It's more really – it's bigger than just the play-by-play -play and the analyst and the sideline reporter. It's the guys in the truck. It's the – uh, producer, the director, who really does his thing and shows his worth at that moment, cutting the pictures, your associate director who's got replays ready to roll in. Uh, it's really chaotic in the truck at that moment, but that's where and how you earn your money. You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here. I'm going, I literally could talk to you for three and a half hours about the intricacies of play-by-play. -play. Well, let's do it sometime, man. Let's do it. Honestly, wouldn't that – that would just be fun to do a long-form special edition, just just going through the prep, everything that you do, everything you work – because you're obviously an incredibly fascinating story in yourself. I, however um, – I will I will get rocks thrown at me if before uh, you go to your your workout uh, I don't ask you about the look you got to pay attention to a ton of teams but I know sure. that you always have an eye on Sacramento no matter where you are and I I asked the same question yesterday of somebody else if they're if the Kings aren't the biggest enigma in the NBA in the first half as we say air quotes they got to be pretty close right Mark 
the the biggest in terms of just, just I don't know what the hell they're going to do every night. I don't, oh, I know, you know, I know. they're yeah. going to blow it. They're going to get beat at home by Detroit by fifteen, and then they're going to go three and zero. They're going to beat the Nuggets on the second night of a back to back third and four yeah. games. I just I don't know what the heck this team's going to do. Man, that's why that's why I never bet. Man, that's why I never bet. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the swings are really. Uh, you know, amazing seismic at times with Sacramento. And yeah, that, that win in Denver, you know, speaks well to what they can do. Um, You know, I was looking at some of the numbers this morning and uh, we're at 20th in defensive rating. I think that's probably as low as coach Brown wants to go. Um, You know, I think he'd prefer us up around, you know, 15, 16, uh, where we were a little bit earlier. Um, but the biggest thing about the second half of the season is getting some momentum out of the all-star break. You always see where that, that can be real pivotal. And, you know, you wake up this morning and you look at the standings and the Kings are in eighth place and a play-in tournament team, but not that far out of the top six either behind Phoenix. Um, here's the thing. It's all about how you land the plane in that first week of April, right? That, that, that when the regular season ends, when you take inventory, what does it all look like? And if the Kings have a rested De'Aaron Fox, a refurbished and reborn De'Aaron Fox, it's a whole new world because we saw what he did in the fourth quarter in yeah. Denver. I think we get a lot more of that Fox in the second half of the season and Sabonis is just going to keep stacking up his double-doubles. I mean, he's ridiculous right now. I don't even know what to say about that cat. I mean, his, his 30-something consecutive double-doubles. Not if at all, everybody's star. healthy, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, trust me, these guys <laughs> these guys are happy. Hey, listen, De'Aaron and Domas won't say it, but they are extremely happy to be in their warm climates right now right. and getting some reps. I, I spoke to an NBA agent recently whose player is going to be an all-NBA player this year. And he was calling teams, asking other teams not to take his guy so that he can have some time off. You know, that's how it gets. It's an honor to be an NBA All-Star. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, the best is going to be important as it pertains to Sacramento. Um, being able to shore up the defense. And I think last year in the playoffs, Sacramento showed just how good they can be in their half-court defense. You know, even though yeah. we got sent home by Golden State, um, the, the numbers were pretty good. You know, if you look back at them. So, you know, it's just about health, especially those two guys. And then, you know, it's a better team than it was last year going into the playoffs and and down the stretch. I think when you look at the roster, um, uh, there's a lot more depth. uh, And Coach Brown has been able to call on guys and have them come in and produce, um, whether it's Alex Lynn, whether it's McGee earlier, whether it's, uh, you know, Duarte, um, who's had some moments. Um, you know, I, I just think there's a good run left in this team, not based on any kind of crazy science or data. It sure. just feels that way. But you can't depend on science and data when, like you said, Dave, a team can lose at home to Detroit and then yeah. go on the road and beat the chance on the second night of a back-to-back. Well, you saw it, but you saw it personally last year. Not that last year means it'll happen this year, but – you know, we're having Mon McNair on at 930 for his, his first visit since the trade deadline. And he didn't really, you know, he did Kessler Edwards that, that moved last year. There's nothing this year other than, uh, 
uh, Robin Lopez uh, in and out and, and, and see you later right. for Gaskins. So, but but you saw it last year that that everyone was freaking out that everyone else around the team got better through the trade deadline. And guess what? The Kings, I, I think, had a top three record uh, rest of the season. So I guess that that's what we're hoping this year. Same thing, continuity. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes sometimes the answers are right in front of you. You know, you don't need to go get something. The answers right in front of you. And I I don't have a problem with um, you know you know people call it standing pat. You can also say you're investing in what you already have. And, you know, there's no better example of a franchise adding pieces over time to get to where they are than the Denver Nuggets. You know, it wasn't that long ago. They were a sixth seed and still uh, very much out of it, you know. And, you know, they, they added some pieces and got to where they were. And, and uh, there's no... There's no doubt that I, you know, I have total confidence in Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox being able to make the right decisions and and get this roster good enough to have a shot. So, uh, chest, legs aren't what's going on today. What what are we doing today? Is uh, cardio and core. Mm. Uh, gonna do 30 minutes on the Versa climber. Um, trying to get uh, you know, uh, trying to get uh, rid of some pounds that I yeah. you know, two or three extra and. Um, and then do some core because when you got four screws in your back and it gets chilly outside, you hey. start feeling it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What so. are you gonna do? You gonna be on one of them big, uh, the big blow up? What are those? Those big giant rubber balls where you have to like the Bosa, the Bosa balls. Yeah. 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 Not Nick or Joey Bosa. Bosa balls though. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you remember the story where uh, uh, Francisco Garcia, ex King, was on one of those balls and it, it popped. Oh, it well, exploded. Yeah. 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 yeah don't. Yeah. So, I, I probably shouldn't have brought that up before you. Don't think that. that I don't think about that. Every time <laughs> <laughs> I make sure. That it's inflated and it doesn't have any holes in it. I'm staring at it right now, actually. Thinking, you better not betray me. I don't want to have to take any time off. Hey, make sure you don't yeah. have anything sharp in your pockets, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know uh, Francisco. Well, we appreciate you an extended visit uh, and 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 on short notice, but we, it's been way too long, and uh, we we certainly look forward to you uh, coming back and visiting us in the uh, second half for the stretch run, my man. The stretch run is going to be fun, and uh, you guys going to be tired of me by the time you hear how many appearances I get, and I'll be fine. And, and it's going to be a fun finish, Dave. It really will. We'll, we'll. we'll see you down at Temple Coffee, my brother. You take care. You got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Great all day. <laughs> See you later. That's uh, that is Mark Jones, uh, one of your voices uh, on the uh, Sacramento Kings. Of course, your other uh, is uh, our guy Kyle. Uh, afternoons with uh, Whitey Gleason, and also uh, we'll be uh, we'll be down for the uh, stretch run as well as uh, uh, as will Katie and Gary and that whole crew. So we're uh, looking forward to that. But everybody getting some nice uh relaxing time off because honestly when you get to this point of the season it doesn't matter if you're a player or a broadcaster one of the biggest challenges you have is just you got to keep that same energy right? in and night out so i tell my broadcasting friends what better way to keep that energy going than by uh you know visiting with american energy eating an air keeping that family warm all season cool all summer Right now, you can book your $49 furnace tune-up and safety inspection to D. That'll help you prevent dangerous gas leaks, extend the life of your furnace, save on energy bills. Nothing wrong with that. Not a sales service call. They're going to go tune up your, your system. You can schedule an appointment today. Very simple. 916-520-9990. 
Whether you need an air conditioning, heating, tune-up, and install, you need your ducts cleaned or replaced, or just a diagnostic. Something's wrong. Don't know what it is? Hey, they'll come out and give you a free diagnostic. You, you getting ready to replace your system, do something big? They call themselves your second opinion partner for a reason. Nothing wrong with calling somebody else out saying, hey, here's what I'm getting done. Here's what they're charging me. What, what can you do? And they'll either say, wow, that's a great deal, or they'll say, uh, we can save you a lot of money. And then, boom, there you go. What's wrong with that? They've been doing this in the greater Sacramento area since 1981. Better Business Bureau A-plus rating. 916-520-9990. That's 916-520-9990. AmericanEnergyAir.com. American Energy. Make the uncomfortable. Comfortable. When we get back, three for madness brought to you by Firewings. We'll uh, give out some awards, if you will, for the Sacramento Kings. We'll do all that next. Three questions, three answers. It's three for madness on the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Here's question one. All right, 732. Time for three for madness brought to you by Firewings. Our thanks to... Mark Jones for joining us this morning. That was a fun conversation. Brendan Nunez on the Kings. That's coming up at 8. Greg Papa. We'll have an extended talk with him. And say goodbye. Sad, sad day. We say goodbye to Greg until August. Monty McNair at 9.30. Now, the bad news is with Jason gone, no Friday fun and games. You're joking, right? <laughs> but uh, Friday fun and games with Monty. Where uh gotta love Kings fans. This is this is a fact. You can actually literally go on my Twitter and verify this. When I asked when I announced we were having Monty on last night that we were gonna have him on today, I then said if you have any questions for Monty, leave them below. I would say, honest to God, seventy percent of the questions for Monty, and I'm usually the guy that's hot dog a sandwich guy. I was going to try to be, you know, we'll ask him some uh, mostly Kings questions, but 70%. They just want to know uh, about the vests. How many do you have? Can we get some at the team store? Do you wear the same one? People are obsessed with the Monty Puffy vest, Chris. And Jason, I believe, in his last day was wearing the McNair Puffy vest. He was. Uh, It's... It's, it's strange how a general manager of a basketball team can start a fashion trend. He's probably missing out on some extra money, by the way. He should start his own little puffy vest clothing line. We'll talk to him about that. See if we could get Yuschek's uh, wife to there you go. make him a puffy vest. There you go. Yes. We should we should open up a Sacktown Sports team store. Just so they can't. I haven't cop, copyrighted Monty. We just get a little. We got to come up with a Monty logo. A little Monty face above the breast. Puffy vest. That rhymed. Three for Madness, brought to you by Firewings. Question one. Who was the Kings MVP of the first half? Uh, you, the fans. I just thought I'd try that. Work. Yeah, I know. Um, well, it, it, it's one of two guys. And with no disrespect to the other, because you sure as heck could make an argument for either. But I, I, I'm pretty sure, first off, the only two options anyone's going to listen to is going to be either De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis. 
But it's got to be DeMontis Sabonis. And, and, and that's nothing against anything uh, De'Aaron Fox has or hasn't done. Uh, I, I, think, I think in the first two, three months of the season, it was certainly uh, De'Aaron. But whether it's, you know, we, we've given up trying to figure it out, whether it's uh, nothing's wrong and he just had a little mini slump, whether it's uh, he's really, really tired, whether it's he's dealing with an injury, whatever it is. Um, there's, there's certainly some, you know, more consistency with Domas and he's also doing things at a crazy record pace. Now, De'Aaron Fox still averaging 27 points, uh, and two steals a game to go with five and a half assists. He's already set a career high for made threes. I mean, the guy's having a phenomenal year, uh, but DeMontis Sabonis is once again, leading the league in rebounds. Uh, he's averaging now over 20 points a game, just over at 20.1. And that goes with 8.3 assists a game. That's as a center. He's leading the league in rebounds. He's leading the league in rebounds. And then again, as a center, he's sixth. He's a tenth of an assist behind James Harden. He's six-tenths of an assist behind Jokic, and he's an assist behind Luka Doncic. You know who doesn't have 8.3 assists a game? Fred Van Vliet, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, Tyrese Maxey, LeBron. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. It's pretty crazy when you think about how good he's been this year. So, yeah, my MVP for this season uh, would definitely go so far to DeMontis Sabonis. Number two, please. Question two. What was the biggest surprise of the first half of the season? I, I, I think, honestly, if you're you're asking Kings fans, I'm, you know, you, you could look at a player, but I, I don't know that there's been, you know, there's been minor surprises like, wow, look at the scoring from De'Aaron. Look at all these threes uh, we just talked about. DeMontis Sabonis, wow, look at the consistency. If it was maybe what's the biggest single surprise, I I definitely nominate Keegan Murray's forty seven, um, and when you look at the bench, are you really surprised at what Malik Monk's doing? And I wouldn't say there's anybody on the bench good or or a bad surprise uh, that stands out. So I would say the biggest surprise is team wide. I'm just I'm surprised at how inconsistent they are, and I, and I think that's kind of been the theme in the first half. When 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 you look at this team. And you first off, you look at their record. They have the exact same record they had last year at this point, 31 and 23. They're, 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 they're having a, a fine year. But when you look at the schedule and the results, uh, for every win they have over Oklahoma City or Cleveland earlier in the year, uh, for every win they have over Minnesota, they have a blown 22-point lead to Phoenix in the fourth. They have uh, missed free throws and a blown overtime lead in Milwaukee. They have a – and by the way, those are two good teams. So, okay, they've got a home loss to Charlotte. Uh, they lost to Charlotte 111-104 January 2nd. Seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, a team that that it w- is record-breakingly bad in Detroit beat them by 13 – at home. And then the Kings followed that up two days later by absolutely blowing out the Denver Nuggets. You lost by 13 to Detroit on a Wednesday. You beat the defending champions by 29 on a Friday. 
two days later, same team. And then you sandwich a couple of losses to OKC and Phoenix on the road with a, a road win against Denver in the toughest place to play in the league where they were 25 and four at home. And you're on the third night of four, second night of a back-to-back. Third game and four, second night of a back-to-back. So, yeah, it's the inconsistency to me. That's the biggest surprise. Number three, please. Question three. Pick one starter other than the big three and one bench player other than Monk. If playing at their absolute best in the second half, who will have the biggest effect? It's a good question, Chris. Um, all right. So the big three, meaning obviously Fox, Sabonis, and then we, we put Keegan in there. Because um, if Keegan was in the conversation, not in the big three, that, that t- to me, if it was, if the question was who other than Fox and Sabonis, the easy, easy answer is Keegan. So that's why I threw him in as a big three. The real question is, as a starter, who playing at their best will have more of an effect? Um, I'm going to say Kevin Herter. I'm going to say Kevin Herter because I think that Harrison Barnes is when you add defense in his floor is higher than Kevin's, but I think Kevin's ceiling is higher than Harrison's. I, I think if Kevin is at his best and let's call that, uh, let's call Kevin Herter's best. The first couple months of last season when he was lights out from three added with his improved defense to th- this year. If that Kevin Herter's playing and you've got that kind of outside deadly, deadly sniper, like, presence then you bring in a guy like monk off the bench same thing and you're letting fox and sabonis and murray go to work barnes is going to get his but i would say her the more difficult question to me is who on the bench who on the bench and it doesn't necessarily have to be the second best player off the bench other than monk but if they are all playing at their best who would have the biggest effect and you know what? I'm going to give it to the second best player off the bench. I'm not going to overthink it. Trey Lyles. If Trey Lyles is playing at the top of his game, offensively and defensively, what a huge, huge boost he was last year and would continue to obviously be a huge boost this year. Uh, so in the second half and looking at that, obviously, you ain't going nowhere if uh, Sabonis and Fox aren't doing their thing. By the way, anybody else cringe in that last Nuggets game? I don't think we even brought it up yesterday. Anybody else cringe? Stomach drop a little bit when Domas started shaking that left hand. Because you remember when he broke it last year, he did the same thing. He just shook it. He finished the game. And then it turned out he had that that broken thumb. And I was just waiting for that. I was waiting for some sort of release that night from the team saying, oh, after further review, Domas Sabonis has a broken, he broke the same exact thumb. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. Thank God. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's see, with Brendan Nunes coming up at 9, uh, let's do some Kings stuff here. At 8. What would I say, at 8, at 9? Yeah, because Greg Pop is at 9, Chris, like I told you. Gosh. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go over some Sacramento Kings things next, ending the first half. Um, we'll talk about the NBA in general. Who's your MVP? Who's the best team? Uh, and also see if we can't get some grades in as well before we get to Brendan in about 15 minutes. Don't go away. we got a big show with Greg Papa, Brendan, and Monty McNair. We'll be right back. Waking 
best in local sports. It just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. Jason's off. He'll be back Monday, Tuesday. Excuse me. We're all off for President's Day Monday. Christopher Lott in with me. Brendan Nunez at eight. Greg Pop at nine. Monty McNair at nine thirty. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to here. Let's start with uh, now. Now, with with the understanding that when I say the NBA's first half, as Mark Jones pointed out earlier, and thanks to him for joining us. Um. <laughs> It's not the first half. Uh, The first half would be 41 games, and this is 54. Now, there is, I think, technically, technically, there is uh, is a a response to that if you want to get, you know, a, a little goofy, which is, well, no, you could argue this is the halfway point because... If we're talking about the halfway point of the NBA season, you're talking about playoffs that go almost two months. You're talking about a first-round series, a second-round series, a conference finals, and a finals. All the teams playing, all the games that are playing. Now, obviously, it's going to be, you know, 82 games for almost half the league. But 16 teams are going to have some extra games in there, and Two teams are going to be playing a couple extra months. So either way you look at it, I'm not going to get too... I I understand that mathematically it's not the first half, but we're going to call it the first half anyways. For good reason. And so because it's sports radio, because that's what we do, we have to give out awards. Let's start with the MVP. This is an interesting one. Nicole Jokic... Well, let me let me back up. Joel Embiid's not eligible. So get him out of there. Joel Embiid's not eligible uh with the Philadelphia 76ers having played 54 games. You have to play a minimum of 65. So 54, that means they have 28 games left. If Joel Embiid came back and played every single game the rest of the year, he would play 62. Point being, he's out. Don't worry about it. Uh, but most everybody else, uh, there, there's no real danger spots at the top of the list. I mean, Luka Doncic has missed, you know, six, seven games, but he's, he should still be fine unless there's knock on wood, some, something else going on. Uh, Luka Doncic, 34.2 points per game. You got sausage arms and cankles. He does. But somehow he's figured it out. Uh, just under 50% shooting, 37 and a half from behind the arc, 8.8 rebounds, nine and a half assists, 34.2 to go with better part of nine rebounds and nine and a half assists a game. Oh, by the way, just under one and a half steals. Shea Gilgis Alexander, 31 points per game. To go with five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. He is leading the league with 2.2 steals a game. And 
his team is at or near the top of the Western Conference. Follow that up with Giannis Adetokounmpo, 31 points a game. Let Giannis Adetokounmpo. Oh, okay. What, I say it weird? I, I For like, a second, I thought you said Giannis. Like, yeah, oh, oh. I'm like, what joke all, are you making? All Thanasis. Yeah. Uh, 11.2 boards, six and a half assists, and one and a half steals. He also adds in uh, a block a game. I, I think those are your, look, apologies to, to Mitchell, Durant. You make an argument, Curry's there. Even our own DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, I, I, I think I think it is a three-way conversation, right? a four-way conversation uh, between Jokic, Doncic, uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Giannis Adetokounmpo. Um, now, look, this could be all over the place. It really could. That's an incredibly, I mean, Jokic is putting up wonderful numbers. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are the defending champions, and they're the four seed. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, one and a half back of the Timberwolves. He's leading the league in steals, scoring over 30 a game. The Doc Rivers version of the Milwaukee Bucks are now three and seven after losing last night, by the way. We should probably throw that in there. Three and seven. And they lost to the G League Memphis Grizzlies last night, 113 to 110. That's getting really, really interesting, uh, for sure. And the Lopez lost the handle. It came free. The Grizzlies win it. Zeros on the clock. Streamers from the Raptors. Doc Rivers at one point said uh, at post game, uh, "We had some people here. We had some people already in Cabo. That's that's going to definitely ingratiate himself to that locker room. What a disastrous hire. That's something you can't say if you've been there for ten games." Nope. That, I mean, if you've been there all season, you can definitely say that. Not now, not then, and not especially after they ran their coach out of town because they just didn't, they weren't feeling him. What an absolutely disastrous hire that, well, everybody saw coming. Literally everybody except for the Milwaukee Brass saw it coming. Uh, one other note, by the way, in the NBA, and then we'll get back to who, who's the MVP. Uh, Clay Thompson coming off the bench for the first time in forever. 28 minutes last night. It's a pretty cool story. 35 points. He had 18 and a quarter. Six boards, a couple of assists. Did not turn the ball over. Arguably his best game of the year. And he did it all in 28 minutes off the bench. That's interesting. Do you put him back in the starting lineup? Or do you say, hey, this is working? Oh, my God. Clay, could you imagine Clay Thompson as a sixth man? Woof. Uh, it ain't going to be a popular decision, and I don't even know if it would be the right decision, everybody. But when we come down to it, and it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Adetokounmpo, Jokic, and Doncic, yeah, I'm going to give it to Doncic. I'm going to give my first half MVP to Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Rigged. I know, right? I probably should have. I probably should have mentioned Jason Tatum in there with how well the Celtics are doing as well. But uh, I, I, I just have a hard time not giving it. I, I know that. Uh, I know that numbers ain't everything. But he's averaging over thirty-four points a game to go with nine and a half assists, nine rebounds. He's doing it on almost 50% shooting. 
one and a half steals, even a half a block. I mean, that's something. Half a block ain't nothing. Jokic is probably your leader. And as a matter of fact, in most lists, I've seen, in case you're wondering, by the way, DeMonta Sabonis anywhere between 6 and 10. But generally, your lists have Jokic followed by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Anadokounmpo, and then Doncic in some order. I don't know. When I look at the fact that Jokic is averaging three more bo- three more boards a game uh, than Luka, so three rebounds more a game. Luka's averaging about a, a little over a half assist more a game than Jokic. And then here's the big one. He's averaging over eight points more per contest. Now, you take any of those guys off of their team, and those teams probably aren't even in the playoffs. So they're obviously most valuable when it comes to their team. But it's going to be a real, real interesting. I think it's wide open is the bottom line. The NBA MVP right now is absolutely wide open. That contest is way, way, way wide open. We'll uh, we'll ask Brendan Nunes when he comes on, and we'll go through some Kings questions with him as well. Brendan will join us next.